What happens when a Catholic deacon matches wits with a Catholic radio show host? You get a marriage made in heaven. They may not always agree, but they're always faithful. It's the Akins with their view from the pew on Modern Day Radio. And welcome to this episode of View from the Pew. I am your host, Brenda Aiken, and joining me today is the man who looks like he has been kissed by the sun, the good deacon, Scott Aiken. I certainly have felt kissed by the sun. In fact, uh, my shoulders were uh, screaming there for a little bit, but now they're tan for a while. They were pretty, pretty burned. So we just got back from vacation. We were in beautiful, sunny Florida. It was a wonderful time. It was another opportunity for us to spend time with our very close friends. There's a large group of us. Every time one of the ladies has a 50th birthday, well, we head on out and have a nice vacation with them. This time around, it was Sanibel Island, Florida. We came home with not a lot of souvenirs, but I have a big bag of shells. It was a lot of fun hunting. Because we would lay in the water and it felt like a bathtub and we would crawl through the sand to try to find shells and that's what I just remembered I felt like gosh I feel like I'm a a kid in the bathtub again it was so nice out there all those shells are drying in our backyard right now I've already planned ahead because I've got a special jar and I'm gonna figure out how to get them all shined up and get them in there is a great memory it was a great time because most importantly it was time that we got to spend with our friends and the great thing is is this for Sharon, who had her birthday, it was just so wonderful because she had friends that we didn't know either that came from different parts of the country and we all congregated together at this resort. And once we got to meet each other and learn about each other, we realized there was something that hooked us all together. It was the fact that we all had children the same age. Right. And it was a great way because we were all in about a phase of life where our children were doing these similar things. And it was a great way to just meet new people. And boy, by the time we were done, we were all great friends. Yeah, and you know, it just expresses the, the great gift that community is because it's in the community that forms out of having children that we end up having lifelong friends who support one another. The empathy and the love that we share for each other and, and know and, and experience the good times and the bad times together as friends, as we grow through life, uh, we can remember our kids and it gives us hope. While we were in Florida, we had an opportunity to do a few things together and meet up with a couple of friends that we haven't seen who were there on the trip. But the night of her birthday, the whole community, a whole group of us, about 17, we all met together for dinner. And it was at one of those kind of Japanese style cooking uh, restaurants where they make the meal right there for you. And I got to tell you, that was probably one of the best parts of the trip because we all were together. And that's when we really got to sit down, look across at each other and enjoy, well, a great meal. It almost feels like, you know, that's how God intends us to be with our friends. Joy, friendship, excellent food and great times to share together. And again, another opportunity to remind ourselves going, oh, our kids were in school together. How's that son of yours? He's getting older again. It's just a wonderful opportunity to be community. And I think what was so Um, surprising to us is just the sense of return back to normal in that moment because these are friends that we've had for years and through your mom's group where you met them initially at church and here we've spent a year and a half maybe seeing each other face to face but most of the time behind masks and it was just great to let that down and be in uh, in celebration of our friend's 50th birthday. 
So let that be just a little message for you moms out there. If you feel like you are stuck at home, that your babies are so small, please consider looking up at your own parish and see if they have a mom's group because it's so important to be able to have that support of each other. And for us, boy, it's just been a wonderful blessing to be able to watch all of our children grow up and all of them do great things and also be able to be there for each other when things well sometimes didn't go quite right because that happens also. You know, as part of a community too, Scott, coming up today on the show, we have a great opportunity to talk with one of your Deacon classmates, Deacon Eric Page, and he has a great uh, short videos that he's been putting together. So he's joining us today because we're going to talk about one of those videos he put together and how to be a prophetic witness to your children at home. He's even going to explain what that means to be a prophetic witness. And then stay tuned after that. We're going to talk a bit about how we can simply take advantage of the moments that God gives us to be a prophetic witness to our children. And my son and I throwing the ball. We'll share a little bit about how that works. So we got a great show ahead for you on this week's View from the Pew. Stay with us. Hello and welcome to Catholic Bite 60 Seconds, where 2,000 years of faith and tradition is explained one minute at a time. I'm Father Tim Furlow of the Archdiocese of Portland in Oregon, and today we're going to talk about moralistic therapeutic deism. What does that mean? Well, if you've ever felt like God existed, He made everything, you have to be a good person, the whole point of life is to feel good about yourself and be happy, God isn't really around unless He needs to fix something in your life, and good people get to go to heaven when they die, then you know exactly what it is. The authors of the book that defined MTD, as it's called, basically say, look, most young people today who identify as Christians believe that their faith is really about making themselves feel a certain way. Not about asking forgiveness for your sins or observing the commandments or going to church or praying consistently. The point is, it's not Christianity and it's definitely not Catholicism. Those two things are about an intimate relationship with an intimate God that changes everything about your life. I'm Father Tim Furlow, and this is Catholic Bites. A great way to support Mater Day Radio is through our Leadership Circle. These are businesses and organizations whose names you hear on the air every day. They believe in our mission of providing the region with positive Catholic radio programs of faith and hope. Simply put, our Leadership Circle members keep our broadcast strong through their financial generosity. If you run a business or organization, please join us. We need you. Information on our Leadership Circle at MaterDayRadio.com. It's Deacon Scott and Brenda Aiken with their View from the Pew on Mater Day Radio. Well, you knew it would be many years of diligent work to raise up your children. It started from the typical change, feed, bathe the baby routine. Then in short time, it became so much more. Every day was full of big decisions from school, activities and sports. And then above all this, you want to ensure, well, that their faith life was encouraged, fed and lived. And of course, this all starts at home. 
In his video shorts, Home with Faith, Deacon Eric Page gives you four ways to be a prophetic witness in our children's lives. Deacon Eric is the director of the Office of Marriage and Family Life for the Archdiocese of Seattle and joins us today. Hello, Deacon Eric. Thank you so much for your time. Hey, my pleasure, Brenda. It's a pleasure to be here. Deacon Eric, first for our listeners, tell us a little bit about what you do for the Archdiocese of Seattle in their Marriage and Family Life office. Marriage, family, life, information. We do all kinds of work with our retreat center, with camps, with youth ministry, young adult ministry, faith formation, and the Office of Marriage and Family Life. It's a pleasure to kind of see how these different programs and offices connect with one another and support one another. And I try to help out all the good people as much as I can. Oh, and for our listeners, I want to let you know, Deacon Eric has been a good friend of mine and the good Deacon here because Deacon Eric and the good Deacon Scott, oh, you were both classmates. It feels like our families have grown up together as well as both of your ministries in the diaconate. So it's great to talk with you. First, I want to ask you about what does that mean to be a prophetic witness? Because I'm not sure, Deacon Eric, that I've done much prophesying as a mother. It's been more like you better hold that cup with two hands and then watch it spill all over the place. <laughs> what does it mean to be a prophetic witness? You know, you're going to be available to your child. You're going to be connecting with your child. But the whole time, you're also helping your child to be aware that God's present. You know, that prophets play this critical role in helping us to be aware of God's presence and how God's calling us to a deeper connection with Him. And a good parent is going to be doing that with their child, both through their acts of kindness and modeling the type of love that God offers us, but also explicitly pointing to the faith, letting the child know about Jesus and how Jesus is going to play a role in our lives. Well, Eric, let's talk about the four ways in your video that you highlight. And, and I really think that that's uh, when, when Brenda talks about the holding of the cup, sometimes you tell your kid, don't don't trip on that or don't drop that. And then they drop it. A prophetic voice um, doesn't necessarily instill something that uh, is, is going to happen for certain. It could be just a caution. Correct. Right. And as you go through this, you, you talk about these four components, these four ways. Uh, one, uh, our own story of faith Two, taking a step to get better. Uh, mm -hmm. Three, ask the Holy Spirit for help. And the last one I love, four, speak, say what needs to be said. And I think that hesitancy so often is what um, people feel. But a parent's not hesitant to tell their kid what to do. But sometimes they wish, maybe I wish I hadn't said, don't trip on that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it's sometimes it's hard for parents because sometimes we feel like, well, you know, who am I to try to speak to what God has planned for our family? I mean, I'm, I'm far from perfect. And, you know, who am I to say, do this or don't do that. Um, the other thing that happens too is that sometimes as parents, we feel like, no, I'm not especially knowledgeable about the faith. I'm not going to be able to uh, speak effectively describing you know, how the faith works exactly. I, I don't know how to describe the Trinity to our child perfectly, but neither of those things are things that should stop us from speaking because God will speak through us. He promised that to the disciples. He promises that to all the faithful, that when we speak for him and let our child know how much he loves them. He's going to give us the help that we need to communicate that. Deacon Eric Page is the director of the Office of Marriage and Family Life for the Archdiocese of Seattle. He's joining us today to talk about four ways to be a prophetic witness to your children. Well, let's break each one of these open. Of course, you've talked about number one, our own story of faith. How much do we 
it, it, it feels like you need to know a whole lot about your faith in order to pass it on because it feels like sometimes a lot of parents are hoping, well, maybe that's the church's job to take care of that for me. You know, it's tempting to think of that, but it would be a terrible mistake because each family has kind of a story of faith that ties in in its own way with salvation history. So for each of us, we have had encounters with God and one way or another, God's spoken to us has connected with us, and that's happened through our family. It's happened through the tradition of the church. And one of the best ways for children to understand how God is working with them is to hear about the narrative that we participate in. You know, one of the best images of this in the Bible is when Jesus encounters the disciples walking away from Jerusalem and the road to Emmaus. He listens to them, hears what's happening in their world, but then he tells them how all of the scriptures referred to him. And the power of narrative is enormous. You know, you don't have to use a argument to communicate the faith with that. You just tell the story about how the faith has been part of the family's life, and that can be really effective both in terms of being persuasive, but also in terms of letting our children remember it because they can understand that it's part of their story too. I think parents feel like they have to be logical and they have to be intelligent to speak. But, you know, I think the certainly the disciples represent, don't they, the the very uh, influence of the Holy Spirit for men who really didn't have much more to provide the world other than their experience of fishing and living in community. Yeah. I mean, the Gospels are, let me tell you about what happened with Jesus. You know, this is this is my time with Jesus. And that's powerful. And we can do the same thing for our kids. Oh, know your own story of faith. It's it just it's like sh- the sharing of generations, and it's a wonderful way to really draw kids in is to hear a story and hear their own story of faith. Well, Deacon Eric, you go on to say to, it is important to take a step to get better. You know, I often think of life as a journey, and we are becoming that person that we are meant to be. And it takes our whole lives to become that person. So showing our kids that, you know, we are always striving to get better at something. Is that a good way to show them that they see, you know, my parents don't have all the answers, but I can see them working towards it? Or do we try to put forward that strong, like, I'm the parent, I know, do what I do? Yeah, you know, I had always thought, wouldn't it be great to be the kind of parent that our children are just awed by and they just look at us and say, like, you know what? that I'm going to do whatever you say because I am so incredibly impressed by you. I would love that. I wish that, that too. Oh, where'd yeah. I go wrong? wonder what that's like. Um, <laughs> you know, the, the best thing I think we can do is kind of model to our children that we're trying to grow to, you know, that uh, because you know, we know it is. Once they get past oh, so eight years old, they they know everything. They They've seen that we're, human beings. And, you know, they, they're willing to listen to us, but they're more willing to watch our example. And if we're trying to grow in our faith and we're exploring our faith more deeply, and if we're trying to, you know, do things that I think are so important, like participate in confession, um, that models for them the behavior that they want to see or that we'd like to see. And I think that children are much more likely to do what we do than to do what we say. You know, and taking a step to get better, that just that notion is actually action. And to be a disciple mm-hmm. means we need to be people of action, even in our reticence. How do we move forward? And sometimes it takes community to give you the support that you might otherwise not feel you have 
to yeah. get in action. And I think families represent that. Would you say? Definitely. Definitely. I mean, you know, it, a family is a community and it's a place in which children get to see how we participate in mass, how we participate in confession, how we participate in growing in the faith. And so that example is really valuable. And, you know, they're, they're always watching. They'll learn. Faith formation begins at home. And today, Deacon Eric Page is with us to share four ways that you can be a prophetic witness in our lives of our children. All right. As Scott just said a moment ago, we need help sometimes. We always need help, in fact. And it's the Holy Spirit who is ready and willing and waiting for us to call on for help. This is an important step. Absolutely. You know, asking the Holy Spirit to help is critically important. It's a prayer that God always answers. And if we make that request, now we don't have to worry about speaking just on our own. We've got the Spirit working with us. Oh, I love that so much. And we, as we finish off our interview, we already had spoken about say what needs to be said. Sometimes this can be a difficult thing for a parent to say, especially as those kids start to get older, because they're not necessarily in a place where they can hear us. What is a great way for parents to sit with their children and say what needs to be said so that way they're in a place to hear us? Well, the fruit of this comes from taking time for silence ourselves, uh, time in prayer that helps ground us because saying what needs to be said does not mean expressing whatever emotion is going through our minds right away because there's a lot of emotions that we have that sometimes are going to lead us in the right direction. And there's some that are going to lead us in a direction that's not so great. If we have asked the Holy spirit for help. And if we have a sense that God wants this message for our children, it's time to speak. Then we're speaking not about, boy, you really made me mad when you did that. Or why won't you put that phone down? You're saying, you know what? I think that we need to put the phone away and just be present to each other for dinner. You know, it's a different message, but We've got to say it because sometimes I think parents are worried that if they say what God wants to be said, that our children won't like it. Well, guess what? Sometimes they won't, but you know what? It's often the thing that they need most. And to offer it in a way that is charity and is really a participation in the work of the Spirit, it's going to be ultimately for their best and it will strengthen our relationship with them. Yeah, I think that, uh, you know, for for a dad, I... I I'm jumping in to say what I think needs to be said, and I have to pull myself back and, as you said, rely and ask in prayer, Holy Spirit, help me. Help me to come with with the words that need to be said. Authenticity. People listen to authentic word, and authentic word isn't something I create. It's something I believe that the Holy Spirit gives us at the moment it needs to be spoken. How is that that the gifts of the Holy Spirit can be called upon and remembered from our confirmation? You know, it, that is a beautiful connection because when we had that confirmation state, that's kind of a, a way through which we say, this is how I'm going to interact with the Holy Spirit. This is kind of the model that I see the Holy Spirit playing in my life. And of course, sometimes it plays out differently, but you know, the Holy Spirit is always present. And so it's great to think of ourselves as being connected with our confirmation saint and saying, you know what? Here's what God wants you to hear. You know, for me, uh, St. Michael's my uh, my patron and uh, my confirmation saint. And, you know, Michael means who is like God. And 
sometimes I feel like, you know, speaking to my children, the message is, you know what, God is incredibly beautiful, incredibly powerful. There's nothing like in this world. Let's look past just what we see before us and look to God's presence. Now, of course, we're imperfect in the way that we do it, but just the fact that we care enough to do it says something important to, uh, to our children. Oh, it is so important to say what needs to be said and always bring that forward in prayer. Deacon Eric, I've so enjoyed our time today. Can you tell our listeners where they can find your video about ways to be a prophetic witness to your children and plus other things that you have and your webpage? An easy way to remember it is our website can be reached through At Home With Faith, and you can find At Home With Faith there and sign up for our email letters and you'll get something in your inbox every week and it's kind of like your workout for the week with your children to share the faith with them oh fantastic i encourage all of our listeners to check that out deacon eric page thank you so much for your time today truly a pleasure it's wonderful to get to talk with you both and hopefully we can see one another in person before long Ah, can't wait for that to happen. And again, Deacon Eric Pages, the Director of the Office of Marriage and Family Life for the Archdiocese of Seattle. I will be sure to add a link to where you can get straight to his webpage, and you're going to find the link on the podcast of this interview at materdayradio.com. Help me if you can, I'm feeling down. And I do appreciate you being around. Help me get my feet back. It feels just like old times when we get to talk with Eric and his family and catch up. Even before we recorded that interview, we had a moment to get ready and we talked about how are the kids? How is your wife? What is everybody doing? Because that was a community that we all grew up with, really, when you all were in formation, sharing experiences, sharing our families, and it just creates just great lifelong relationships and friendships. Deacon Eric is doing amazing things at the Archdiocese of Seattle. Oh, he is. And it just, it just exemplifies the call that he has been entering into as a deacon and that he now is speaking about in his video. I mean, those points that he brings up with regard to how to be prophetic, um, just really, uh, sit closely with me as a deacon and him that you have to be willing to step into the good and you have to trust in the Holy Spirit to do that and then say what needs to be said. And here he never imagined he'd be doing what he's doing now with the, with speaking as he is. But he's so profound and it's just wonderful to hear him speak so gently about the, the reality that we can be tremendous witnesses and we are called to be tremendous witnesses to our kids. What's so important, too, in a whole step that he talked about was asking the Holy Spirit for help, having the Holy Spirit enter into these conversations and lead them. And not only that, asking the Holy Spirit to ask for those moments when you're able to talk to your kids about certain things so that way you're able to say those things. And sometimes those moments happen in doing very ordinary things. You and our son Christian have spent a whole lot of time throwing the ball together. Yeah, I threw my shoulder out early on in the summer, and I've been using that as therapy for my getting that shoulder 
back in shape, but he uh, played baseball this year. And so we've been throwing the ball all summer just to keep him fresh for the next year. And uh, during those times, we just have these tremendous conversations. He is one to answer, be the one word answer, right? When you ask him, how's your day? Fine. What are you going to do today? Nothing. Uh, You know, and, and yet when I'm throwing that ball, that kind of disconnects him from that hesitancy and he just engages into talking and he'll, he'll talk more than I might. Um, But profound things come up, questions that come up uh, like, why is there evil in the world? If God created everything, did he create evil? And it's a great question, but it comes profoundly out of an ask that is uh, connected to the action together of us playing in that simple aspect of throwing the ball. And then I have to pause and ask, Holy Spirit, help me answer this. Because I want to be some I want to say something that gives him encouragement, but also speaks authentically. And I know from my formation that the that evil is the absence of good. So God didn't create evil. It is the absence of God's presence. And it's mm-hmm. the it's the action of rejection. And when I shared that shared that with him, he really connected with that. That made sense to him. It's a void. Right. And when we call the Holy Spirit in, we call the Holy Spirit into the void that otherwise may be occupied by evil, by rejection. That profound discussion came out of a simple act of throwing the ball. It's beautiful. It was beautiful. I must say, I'm a little bit glad he asked you that question because I'm not quite sure how I would answer that or how you go about doing that. Of course, for me and the girls, a lot of times our conversations start because we're sitting next to each other. And looking at a magazine or looking at a funny little clip on their cell phones and then something comes up and we can have great conversations also and not have to look at each other. Just being present next to each other, again, is another opportunity that the Holy Spirit has created that allows me to be present to our daughters and help guide them because we know that, boy, as much as our son needs you to show him how to be a man, I think our daughters desperately need their mothers to show them how to be strong women and to be strong women of faith. As we were throwing the ball, I I hit him. He kind of moved the glove the wrong way and it hit him right in the upper part of the chest. And I, oh, I just felt terrible. I ran over to him and, and asked him if he was okay. And he looked at me and goes, Dad, I'm okay. And then he said, you know, two years ago, I wouldn't have said that. I would have been down on the ground crying. But he said, I've learned. I can take this and... And continue on. So I see that he, my son's growing into a young man, a mm. young adult. And through the witness that we've offered to them, they've taken parts of that that have been the value to form who they are. And it's a blessing to me. I just am thanking God for that presence. Oh, so if you have a moment this week to talk with your kids, if there's something that needs to be said that you are looking for the right opportunity, we'll just ask the Holy Spirit to make that opportunity available and then say what needs to be said. Scott, before we go, will you end us in a prayer? Lord Jesus, we are grateful for our family, for our friends, for our community. You call us into community of discipleship. Help us to be witnesses to that, to our children and help us to grow in faith and love of you. We ask this in your holy name, Jesus Christ. Amen. And that is going to wrap it up for us this week. Please tune in next week as we share with you more stories about our faith, our family, and our view from the pew. Have a great day and keep enjoying the summer. God bless.
you've been listening to View from the Pew, a weekly look at faith and family life from a Catholic perspective with Deacon Scott and Brenda Aiken. For more information on the Aikens and to listen to an archive of their previous shows, visit them online at moderndayradio.com slash pew. View from the Pew is produced at the studios of Modern Day Radio in Portland, Oregon.